Hello and welcome to the Three Worlds podcast number seven. I'm going to continue today talking about drums, which I was doing a few weeks ago. And so this is the second part. In the last part, I sort of talked about what drums look like in terms of the way that they're constructed, especially focusing on uh, the Central Asian sort of classic shamanic drums of Siberia and Mongolia and uh, other little bits and pieces around that. So what I'm going to do this time is talk more about actually how you would use drums. Now, of course, the main use of drums in shamanism is to fuel the shamanic journey. And I don't really want to talk too much about that because I think that deserves a special podcast of its own. But just very briefly, in case there's anybody listening to this that doesn't really understand that or know about that, to use a classic shamanic description, the shaman uses the drum as his horse or reindeer in which he rides and travels to the other worlds. Now, by that, it means that the the sound of the drum, the repetitive drumming beat, acts as a sort of carrier wave for the shaman's spirit to journey outside of his body and visit the other worlds in the shaman's cosmology the other worlds being the lower world, the middle world, and the upper world. And the sound of the drum is very much the fuel for that. It alters the perception of the listener and enables the spirit of the of the shaman or the person shamanizing to actually go out of their body and visit these other worlds in a more lucid, dreamlike way. Now, that's a big topic, and I think I'd really quite like to leave it at that at that point regarding that and talk about other, more magical uses of drums that aren't actually involving journeying. And we'll come back to journeying in another podcast. So, what would you use a drum for if you weren't actually going to use it for journeying? Well, obviously singing. Singing is a very major part of... uh, of the use of the drum, singing songs to the spirits, uh, singing your power songs, which I suppose is in many ways is very much the same things, but singing songs uh, can be for a whole variety of reasons. You may sing to call to your spirits before you do a ceremony or before you go on a journey. Um, You may call to the ancestors or other spirits that you want to have to help you around at a particular time. Uh, You may sing healing songs you may sing a variety of things. Again, I think probably song is something we need to talk about in another podcast. I can see these episodes stretching way into the future here. But singing very much is is a, a mainstay with a drum, and drums, in a way, fuel the singing just like they fuel the uh, the shamanic journey. The drum really is about power. I think fuel is a very good adjective there because the drum is power. And With that power, it fuels whatever it is that you're doing. So you can fuel a ceremony by just drumming underneath the ceremony. So it's like somebody may be performing the ceremony or you may be performing the ceremony, but there's drumming going on. Ideally, live drumming. CDs are okay, but I prefer live drumming. But I think like any fuel, you have to be a little bit careful as to how much you're going to put onto the fire. Um, Drumming can be very powerful. It can affect people in quite powerful ways. It... uh, it can antagonize people if they're not used to it. It can really jangle them. And so it will also jangle the spirits. It will jangle the environment. And because of that, drumming needs to be done sensitively and carefully. Now, I'll talk about some of the ways that I might use drums. I've 
been taught a healing tradition with uh, a drum from an Aglala teacher. And uh, that's probably a very simple thing to, to talk about at this point. Now, in the ceremony that he taught, he in effect set up a medicine wheel. Now, by that I mean an altar which was honouring to the four directions. And in this case, the above and the below powers as well. So it's the six directions. And he had the, uh, the, the poor, sick, miserable person sitting in the centre of the, uh, the medicine wheel with symbols for each of the directions according to his tradition in front of him, behind him, and to the two sides so that he was very much in the sacred centre of the world. The medicine wheel became the very centre point, the world tree, the sacred mountain, whatever you want to think of it as. And then this, uh, this Oglala man sang songs to the six directions with the drum. And as he did that, he brought the drum back from the point at the outside of the medicine wheel and touched it onto the appropriate side of the person facing that direction. So if the person was facing the south, for instance, he would sing a song to the south, he would then bring the drum back all the way to the person on their front, continuing to bang it and drum in and invite the healing powers of the south into that person. And then he did that to the west and the north and the east and the above and the below, singing appropriate songs for those directions as he drummed. It's a very simple, intentful ceremony, a very, very easy healing ceremony in some respects to perform. Um, and I'm sure you can kind of picture it as I've described it there because it is so easy. But it was his intent in doing it that was the important thing. But the drum became an extension of him. The drum became a method of him putting his intent, his communication between himself and the spirits of the directions to invite them to come and help in the healing of this person that was in the centre of the world, the sacred place, the sacred heart of creation. That's one way of using a drum. Now, there's many, many, many others, of course, and I'm sure that you've got others that you do yourself. There's no right way or wrong way of doing this. It's about what you feel for doing, and it's important that you honour what feels right inside your gut. There are obviously different drums for different purposes. I'm thinking perhaps of some of the, uh, the drums used in uh, Tibetan tantric practice, um, I'm thinking in particular here of, of the, the little damaru and the, the larger sort of damaru, which is called a chod drum. And uh, those drums are the double-sided hourglass drums, which are flicked back and forth, held in one hand, and two strings fly around and hit each side of the drum in turn. I'll, uh, I'll stick some pictures up on the website so that you can have a look at those. Um, those are used for different purposes too. For instance, the, uh, the, the little damaru is very often used a little bit like a rattle. Um, it's got a very fast action and is used to break up energy at the end of a particular period of intent. If, for instance, you're doing a, a, a very focused visualization of uh, perhaps becoming one of the, uh, the Buddhist pantheon in, in your tantric meditation, 
uh, or you are focusing on some form of deep visualization about creating nectar uh, or offering to the spirits or something. There's various practices within Tibetan Buddhism that are around that. And then at the end of that, the, um, the vision the intent will be dissolved, it will be broken up, and the little flicking sound of the damaru will do that. A little, it's a little bit like a rattle. So that's another form of using the drum. It's breaking up energy. Chod drums, they're larger damarus. They're about a, a 8 to 10 inches across, and they're played quite slowly, and some of the rhythms in those are very complicated. Uh, and they are used because, uh, well, the, the chod ceremony is uh, where you offer yourself to um, wrathful spirits to destroy your attachment to your personality. And uh, part of the reason for using the chod drum is they're actually quite difficult to play. And so you have to be very focused in order to play them. And you can't therefore kind of rush through the ceremony because if you do, you can't actually play the drum. And that's one of the reasons for that. So they're quite prescribed and quite specialised sorts of drums. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of, uh, of a chodpa, a Tibetan person who goes around actually performing chod ceremony. This next little section is actually a chodpa singing a song and ringing a bell with his left hand and playing the chod drum with his right hand because, of course, the chod drum does not need a drumstick because of the two strings that flip around and uh, hit the skins with little kind of uh, like beads on the end of them. So this is a chod per singing a chod song. <laughs> So that's quite a different sort of shamanic song, but it is very shamanic. It's very much working with the raw elemental qualities of nature, often uh, traditionally would be practiced in a, uh, uh, a cremation ground or uh, some form of, well, probably in Tibet it would be a place of sky burial, so they would be uh, sort of, you know, a fairly ghoulish in the Western sense type place. Quite scary environment. And 
the the Chodpur would be encouraged to visualize uh, in very dramatic terms the uh, the spirits coming and uh, devouring them, basically. Now, going back to the Damaru, the Damaru is used to break up energy. That's the little kind of flicking sound. This is this is the sound of a Damaru, by the way. I think perhaps it would be good to, to demonstrate this. This is uh, a Damaru used in a, a Tibetan ceremony here. And there's no reason why you couldn't use a normal frame drum for something like that at the end, almost as a punctuation within a ceremony to actually break up the uh, the energy at the end. Or if you were using the drum to break up energy within a person that needed to be healed, perhaps there was energy blocks within that person. Remembering to be sensitive. I mean, as I said before, drums can be quite heavy fuel, so you do need to be sensitive. I remember um, Jan and I were teaching uh, one day and uh, uh, quite an elderly guy came into the circle and he... We were just singing. We weren't doing anything kind of energetic, in inverted commas. We were simply singing with the drum. And uh, he was just laid to waste, really, by the sound of the drum. And we had to spend quite some time putting him back together, in effect, because he was just so open. His energy was so open uh, that uh, the, the drum kind of invaded his presence, even though we weren't intending it to, and, and really caused him quite a lot of discomfort. So you really do need to be careful with drums. They can, as I say, be very heavy fuel. So, using drums, be sensitive. Be aware of your intent. Why are you using a drum? What are you trying to gain out of it? Never blunder into a ceremony or blunder into shamanic work, kind of, you know, flying at the seat of your pants. I think it's very important that you have some idea of why you are doing what you are doing. Even if you can't find it very easy to express that in words, you need to have a sense, an inner sense of some form of balance, some form of kind of equation, some form of poetry within you that you are seeking to find a harmony within by what you are manifesting on the outside. I've described this as the poetry of things in an article that I wrote. Uh, it was somebody interviewed me, and it struck me that, that that seemed to be the way that the world was in terms of sort of shamanic energy. It was almost like there was a hole inside you, and what you did needed to fit in that hole and make it complete. Or it was like a kind of, well, I'm a Libran, so I guess I'm into balance and scales and things like that. So it's very much to do with... Does this feel balanced to me? Do I feel this as a physical thing that actually feels like it's in harmony? Is the note sweet? Is reality feeling complete by me doing this thing? And I think, for me, I have to approach shamanic practice like that, and I would advise other people to get a sense of that gut feeling of, of correctness, of beauty, of power, of harmony of sweetness and if the drum doesn't give you that if you're just thrashing away at it then why the hell are you using a drum use something else you could use a drum to carry your intent to extract illness from someone 
Now, there's different tools that can be done for that, and we'll talk about tools again in another time too. But, for instance, you could use a feather fan to drag illness or the spirits of an illness or some form of intrusive energy from a person, and you could do the same with drumming. You could put the drum against them and pull it out by banging the drum and moving the drum away. The drum then becomes an extension of your focused intent. And that is probably the most essential part of using any tool. It has to be from your intent. Otherwise, you're just going through the actions. And the actions are external and shallow. And they don't work. It has to come from inside you. If a tool doesn't extend your energy and your focus and your intent, then it's not the tool you should be using at that time. So I would encourage you to actually play with drums in different ways. Experiment with working around a room find 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 a drum and just go around the room and see how the drum wants to sound in different places see if you can find areas of aliveness and deadness within the room little pockets of different sorts of energy suss it out maybe find a place where the ancestors you feel are fairly sort of strong and, and clear and and maybe use a drum to just sort of center yourself just do a steady boom 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 sound uh, or maybe a heartbeat, and just use the drum in that way as a sort of anchor for yourself. Use the drum for singing. Use the drum for singing songs that you make up and improvise. I'm a great believer in that. I sing very few prescribed songs apart from pipe songs and others that I'm singing when I'm doing specific ceremonies. Most of the songs that I have are... Really, they're like yoiks in the uh, in the Sami tradition. They are made up. They are improvised. Because for me, that's, that's an important part of my practice. Now, not everybody's going to be like that. I know that. But, but that, that is, you know, that's my sort of predilection, to use a, a phrase. But I would encourage that because I think improvisation is, is a very important, freeing and creative part within music, life and shamanism. And uh, I, I really recommend that people do that. Just play. It's very important to play. We get very stuck in prescribed ways. Am I doing this right? Am I being correct in this? Is this authentic? And although I think it's very important to be authentic, I think the most important thing is being authentic to you. And if you can't improvise, then I think that that stops the authenticity or at least hinders it. So I think it's about exploring your limits. And with a drum, it's important that you do that very much. Well, I think probably that's more or less what I need to say about drums at this time. I'm going to do a shorter podcast than than I have done in the last little while. I think some of them have been a bit too long. So I'm going to try and do some shorter podcasts a little bit more often. I've got some uh, some bits and pieces of news around the Three Worlds podcast website, which is going through some changes at the moment. I'm building quite a major website for it. Um, it's going to be the home for this podcast, but it's also going to be the home for a gallery of uh, uh, original shamanic objects. I've been really, I, it dawned on me a little while ago that I'd, I'd spent my whole life, in effect, from, from early teenage years, studying magical objects. And I, I felt that I really wanted to explore that even more. So what I've actually started to do or will be doing probably around the beginning of January is putting up the new website, which will have a lot of objects for sale on it and also a lot of articles written by me and other people about different shamanic objects. Now, 
this is going to be a developing site. I'm really wanting it to be uh, a site that uh, has got a tremendous amount of information on it. And uh, I'm very excited by what I'm doing with it, really. I'm, I'm kind of really pleased with the way it's going. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of articles on it about Native American medicine objects and Central Asian and Tibetan and Siberian medicine objects. Now, I don't know very much about African traditions, I'll be quite honest with you, nor do I know about Australian Aboriginal or South American. I mean, ayahuasca bores the pants off me. I'm really not interested in it. Um, so it's not going to cover those sorts of topics because I don't know anything about them. I can't know everything about everything. <laughs> it's just, you can't. Um, but I do have a great love of uh, of Tibetan stuff and uh, a fair amount of knowledge, too, about some of the Native American traditions. So that's what I'm going to focus on. So it's going to sell things. Um, uh, I'm hoping that people are going to enjoy looking at the, uh, the things that are for sale, even if they don't buy them. But uh, I'm enjoying kind of putting them up there and collecting them together to sell. Um, but uh, the, the main point really is it's going to be a site devoted to medicine objects, um, ritual objects, ceremonial objects, because I can't really find very many sites out there about that. So I think, I think the world needs sites on ceremonial objects. So <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. So I'm, I'm really pleased to kind of uh, give some forewarning that that will happen. And uh, as I say, I'm building it now. So that'll go up probably in January, like I said. You can contact me at nick at sacredhoop.org. Please visit my own website, which is uh, nicholaswood.net. Please visit the Sacred Hoop website, which is sacredhoop.org. And the Three Worlds podcast website is three, the number three, threeworlds.co.uk. And I will come back to you with another podcast very soon. It's uh, It's been a busy few weeks and I haven't been entirely well and we've been getting the next issue of the magazine kind of posted out to people so there's been a bit of a delay and a hiccup but I hopefully will get that sorted now and I will be in touch with you again with a new podcast in the very near future. Thank you very much for listening to this one. Keep your emails coming to me. It's lovely to hear them. I'm aware I need to send a few people emails and I will do that, I promise. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>